Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Hi there, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 65 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get you out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in this week and listening to what we have in store for you. And it's an exciting episode this week, I I must say. Now, I just want to say a big shout out to the guys that are listening via iTunes. Um, For some reason, I wasn't able to log on to iTunes there for quite a while. Um, And suddenly it's came around again. So I just want to read out a few customer reviews, if you don't mind, because that is what really helps the show. Um, It lets people find the show on iTunes easier, it gets the word out, and that's how you can best um, help the show and let people know that it's there and available for them and hopefully get them stoked, get them off the sofas, get them on the saddles. That is the whole idea behind it. So I just want to read out a few. Um, So the first one is by a, a Celtic monk. Great name. I love that. Fun, informational, entertaining five stars. I've ridden mountain bikes for 20 years and returning to the sport last year. Since I've been looking for great mountain biking podcasts to keep stoking the passion, MDB Tribe is an absolute gem. Host Garth Beggett is energetic, positive and engaging and his interviews are not just the standard marketing and sales pitches that other interviewers seem to focus on. I've discovered some great personalities in this sport through this podcast. Definitely my favourite MTB podcast and one for my favourite podcast overall. Thanks so much, a Celtic Monk. Um, I'm really, really appreciative of that review, so thanks so much. Second one is... By Toledo Rocket, another great name, I love that. Like having a riding buddy along for a chat, five stars. I listen to the podcast as I travel for work. There's a great mix of guests and the interviews are done from an outside the industry enthusiastic perspective. No sidebar conversations about people I don't know as though I should know them. The host is a conversationalist and seems like a good guy. So thanks so much, Rocket. Um, I do appreciate that. Um, And that's the whole thing about the podcast. I do try and get different guests on. I'm not just getting the top athletes all the time um, because... You know, it's more about that. It's more about the community of the thing and about the guys that do it on a weekend basis, the weekend warriors, the guys that just love riding bikes and getting out in in nature with friends. That's the reason why the podcast is here. So thanks so much for that review. And and just a final one, super fun show, five stars by ADDA. Super stoked to have Garth doing such a great show. My personal favourite is the BKXC episode, although I'm quite partial to the Adam Davis one. Also, Simon Blake's episode is awesome. Thanks so much for Garth for helping out mountain biking in East Africa. We can't wait to see you when you come over. And Adam, hopefully I will be over at some stage. Um, Going to have that planned in the near future. And if you don't know, folks, I have been doing a, a small series on mountain biking in East Africa and Kenya and stuff like that. And there's another episode coming very soon, maybe next week. I'm not too sure yet. Uh, but the scene out there is growing. It's very exciting. Some great riders out there, some great guys like Simon um, and Adam Davis. 
and the guys doing a lot of good work out there to try and get mountain biking on the map and uh, they certainly have the terrain for it that's for sure so thanks so much guys for all the customer reviews i really do appreciate it and if you do listen via itunes please leave a review i would appreciate it you, you can also grab the podcast on stitcher podbean spotify is all there you can also just simply go to the website mtb-tribe.com and stream from there and you can also get in contact via there it's all very simple now on to today's show i will try and stop talking and get on to a very exciting guest now on episode number 65 we are chatting with the young irish ripper oshin o'callaghan oshin has been raging the downhill circuit over the last number of years and is quickly reaching the top of the youth division. So when I had Oshin's father Chris on the show back on episode number 62, we were chatting about the Balahura Trail Network. We had a quick chat about Oshin and how his season had went and what his goals were for the near future. Now I was super interested and wanted to know more so Chris was kind enough to ask Oshin if he would like to share his story on the podcast and thankfully, he was cool with coming on and chatting with us. Um, so, for a 15-year-old kid, Oshin is super motivated. And you have to be, you know, to be at his level. He's dedicated and he's willing to push himself to take that next step forward. So, when I gave him a call, he had only finished a gym workout. Believe it or not, a gym he has set up in his garage. And it just sounds awesome. You know, for a young man, Oshin has his head screwed on in the right direction, no doubt about it. He knows what he wants from mountain biking and he knows what he wants to achieve over the next season. And Oshin has his plans in place to do just that. So we chat with Oshin about why he has got so good at such a young age, what his training looks like, his favourite race from last year, how his season went, crankworks, sponsorship, plus loads, loads more. So if you have a young kid wanting to get into MTB or you wonder how these young guys get so good, keep the play button on and you will soon find out. So just let's welcome Oshin O'Callaghan to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi Oshin, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on this evening, young man. How are you? Uh, Good, thanks for having me. Yeah, you are more than welcome, young man. And uh, it's good to get you on the show. I think you're the youngest guest we've had on the show so far yeah i think so <laughs> good stuff now your dad was saying you're just back from training so is that bike related training or what were you doing uh yeah bike related training for the uh, next season wow already so you're you're stuck yeah. in already yeah cool now tell us where was that and what were you doing uh we have a garage out the back we have our own gym set up it has like everything you'd have in your local gym. And then what I was doing would be I'd have my cardio part at the end and then at the start I'd have a bit of weightlifting, a warm-up at the very start, and I'd also have a bit of a thing, bit of stuff to get my uh, nerve ner- uh, reaction speeds a bit faster. Yeah, man, that is cool. And so you're super into this. Now, just tell us, Oshin, what age are you? Uh, 15 since me you're 15 and i have seen videos of you um around ballyhura there and you're ripping young man you're really riding well so congratulations yeah thank you <laughs> now we'll get into that a wee bit later because there's obviously a lot goes into getting a young man at your age as good as you are and i'm sure your dad and all 
has a lot to play in that. And we t- I chatted to your dad when he was on the podcast a few episodes ago about that and about them kind of issues. So it's, it's very, very interesting. And it's cool that you've come on the podcast to tell us about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so just back to your, your gym there, how often would you do that? Uh, every Monday or every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Wow. So your dad, <laughs> your dad keeps you at it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> don't mind yeah, yeah, that's good. And you know, being your age and stuff, do you realise that that's what it takes to be good? Uh yes. <laughs> otherwise, I don't think I'd be up there unless I wasn't doing it. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. All right. Well, we'll get into the training thing a wee bit later as well. Um, I want to ask you about that and how you go about doing that and stuff. Um, but just a wee bit about you. So you're from um Limerick. Yeah. And you, um, I had, as I say, I had your dad on uh, um, chatting about the Ballyhurra mountain bike trails. So you basically have 98 kilometres of mountain bike trail as your back garden. Would that be right? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So how did you get into mountain biking? How did you start with the trails there when you started biking? Um, Well, I always seen my dad go out cycling with all his uh, friends out to the Alps and stuff when I was younger. And I always like looked at the chairlift, seeing the pros coming down, wanting to do it. And then when I seen the trail centre, what we have here being built when I was really young and getting a, when we used to walk up to have a look at it, I always like fancied riding down. And then as you progress, you get, you go faster and then you see bigger jumps and (laughs) it's just continued on. Yeah, and so what age were you when you started? Uh, between two and three. You are joking me, really? Yeah. Wow, and did you, you just showed an interest at that age, or, you know, did your dad push you into it a wee bit? How, you know, two or three, I can't even remember being that age. <laughs> uh, I have to say, my man was the one who taught me to cycle down the lawn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah cool uh, and it went from that to the trails so what age were you when the trails were being built then uh maybe four or five about then wow cool so you got up the trails when you were four or five um and you got the bug for it then yeah wow so you've been on the bike well 10 years i suppose give or take yeah a long and, time. Yeah, man, and uh, it, it's really, it really is cool. And so, having the Ballyhurra mountain bike trails there on your doorstep, how has that helped you get to where you are now? Do you think? Uh, a big thing about it is that you can cover so many like easy miles without being like doing hard distance. So that like helps me have a lot of stamina 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 over the season so I don't get tired down runs and it helps me uh be stronger and just helps just there's so many things you can tick off on one big loop what help you practice your uh downhill as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you're out in the trails and you, you you obviously practice quite a lot on on the trails there um 
how would you go about it? Would you go, say, and practice cornering and then maybe go for an hour and practice, I don't know, breaking? What what way would you normally do it? Uh, every Saturday I start to do a different thing, maybe one or two things to practice, whatever I'm sort of feeling I need. And then on a Sunday I do a, go out and do a long spin. Mm-hmm. And get the miles up. Yeah. Cool. And what about school and stuff like that? Do you can you go out before school or after? How do you work that in? Uh, in the summer, I can go out after school, but when uh, in the winter, just the days are too dark because I get home from school at six o'clock. Wow. Yeah. So that's quite late, and then it's dark, and it's not the same. So I suppose that's why you have your gym set up there to help you. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Um, so the, the trail network obviously is really good to have on your doorstep there. But have you friends that are involved in it? Have you a wee community there that you go riding with? Yeah, there's two local lads who I go out with uh, quite a bit most weekends. And then there's the local club as well. Yeah, cool. And the the friends that you go out with, are they friends from school or...? Yeah, they both go to my school. They've I've been sort of riding with them since a very early age. Wow, and are them guys racing as well? No. Well, no. they do they do a few local Irish races, but nothing abroad. Right. Okay. Wow. So they're would they be into it as much as you, or would they do the extra training and stuff like that? No, they don't do any training. Right, okay. So it's just more of a social thing for them guys. Yeah, just for a bit of fun, practicing riding for fun, really. Yeah, cool. Um, so, cool. So what about um, people you look up to and, and stuff like that? Is there anybody you look up to now or in the past? Uh, when I was younger, I definitely looked up to Dan Sheridan, who used to ride for the Nuke Proof uh, CRC team, the development one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and was he a, was he a local fella? Sorry. Uh, he used to live up in Dublin, and then there was also Greg Callahan and uh, Cameron Conford down in West Cork. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, very cool. And did you follow them guys and what they were doing and what they were getting up to? And yeah, very cool, man. Very cool. And what about now? Do you follow the EWS and all that and the UCI and stuff? Definitely not the uh, EWS. But uh, I'll follow the downhill, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you'd be more of a downhill rider than an enduro or, or a cross country or anything like that? Yes, definitely. Not not a hope am I going to follow XC. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, a young man at 15 saying that that's boring, you're, so you obviously like the big stuff there. Yeah. Wow, very good, very good. Uh, very cool indeed. So um, let's chat a wee bit about your dad and how your dad's helped you through the years. So when your dad's seen you had a real passion for this and you wanted to take this further and get into racing and stuff, how did your dad help you out? Uh, well, he sort of organised my bike, all my kit, and then booked everything so we'd go away and start uh, racing and try and get my name out there. And then once I started getting in the good results, everything started uh, falling into place. And then everyone started 
knowing who I was, then I was starting to become a real contender. Cool. And like, did your dad, was he your coach? Did he train you in the early days and stuff? Uh, well, back when I was younger, uh, he used to bit. And then I had like a, a mobility coach so I could get all my mobility right so I wouldn't be doing exercises wrong for six months last year before Christmas. And then I had uh, Johnny Thompson from Fit for Racing for the end of the season last year and I'm with him this year as well very good and you know I suppose you're doing that in the garage there like this evening for instance yeah yeah so when you're doing your mobility training what kind of stuff does that involve take us through just briefly what you what you done tonight there for instance uh well I first started off with a few beast crawls across the floor uh just so my hips would get loosened up. I did then did a few uh, double taps so my uh, nervous system would be fired up so I could react to the stuff quicker. Mm-hmm. And I also did uh, a few hurdles and box jumps as my warm-up. Okay. And then I went into some uh, rowing, squats, bench presses, uh, some cleaning jerks and some press-ups. Wow. Okay, and that's all your strength stuff. Do you do any cardio after that? Well, that's cardio enough, I know, but do you do any more cardio after that? Yeah, I would uh, have another bit of cardio afterwards, but tonight wasn't as hard as other nights because I'm getting tested in the next few days for uh, my watts, how much watts I'm putting out. Right, okay, so it's all pretty much involved there so you're doing the thing correct you're doing it right yeah happy days okay cool um so for a young man of 15 um do you miss hanging out with friends do you miss because i'm sure you don't do a lot of that you're away a lot of weekends over the summer and stuff when the races are on um do you miss hanging out with friends and having movie nights and stuff or do you get enough of that how do you feel about that kind of thing uh well over like midterm breaks and stuff i don't really do any training so and at the weekends after a bike ride in the morning i don't really have anything else to do so then i go out with my friends and stuff maybe to like discos or at halloween and stuff you'd be at each other's houses and just stuff like that yeah so So i do get time with them yeah oh that's cool that's cool um because i know sometimes when you know you're so into something like that that's a part of growing up you can mess out on really so um it's good that you can schedule things and still enjoy that side of things yeah cool all right um so as far as goals and stuff go do you set goals and things like that uh like Long-term ones are short-term goals. Uh, well, you know, what's the? Let's jump forward a wee bit. What's the end game? What do you want to get out of all this effort and and all the training and stuff you're putting in now? Be world champion. Well said, sir. Well said. No, you didn't even hesitate. You just <laughs> you just said it straight away. So you obviously do set goals. That's good. So what's your kind of short to medium-term goals then? 
Uh, I wouldn't mind being Irish national champion next year. Uh, taking maybe the overall in the British series and winning uh, Crankworx or an IXS Cup. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right, cool. So you're obviously... Tell us a wee bit about your racing then and how you got on this season because you did do very well. Um, so tell us some of the races you were in and, and how you got on and, and stuff like that. Uh, the first round of the BDS was in Quim Cairn, which didn't exactly go to plan, which I'm not exactly too sure why. But then after that, I started ramping it up a bit and I went I came, went to Fort William. And then in practice, things weren't exactly going so well since I sprained my ankle really badly because I couldn't walk on it then afterwards. So mm. we were strapping it up, putting it in ice. And we went to Fort William on the Friday to try and get an extra days of practice in. But the, it was so windy, the gondola was closed. So that we, we didn't get any extra practice in on the UK lads who've been there plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And then we, were, we had to strap up my ankle for race day. Did a few uh, runs in the morning, which was quite sore. And then... I just pushed in the race run and I came out with fourth. Brilliant. And just tell us then, you know, how did that feel? How how did you how did you feel about that? Uh, I was quite surprised considering there were so many strong lads there, and since I was so far off the pace in Quim Cairn, I was I wasn't that like. I wasn't expecting to be up there. It was just, there was such a huge jump from both races and positions. Mm-hmm. And and why do you think that was? Do you think Fort William just suited you, your style better? or? Uh, well, with all the training I was doing, I was even coming into the motorway and I wasn't even tired just because of all the hardship I did last winter in the gym. Mm. So you really seen... You really seen the benefit of that coming through. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose as you get older, um, you know, you're 15. I suppose as you get older, the training might actually have more benefit for you. If you know what I mean, as you get stronger and your muscles grow and your and your bones, you know, strengthen up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's very interesting. So where did you go after Fort William then? Uh, we headed out to Crankworks over in France in Leger, which was probably my highlight highlight of my year since I was so close to the win, which was 0.8 off, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you came second. Yeah, but being as a first-year youth, I was quite happy with that. Yeah, so you're in your race, just so I can get this right, you're racing in the youth class. Yeah. So what ages is that cover? Uh, under 16s. Okay. Um, that's grand. And then can you race in the older category if you want it? Uh, I think I can in the Irish series, but not in anything outside that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I was wondering about that. It's a wee bit confusing, that. Um, okay, that's cool. So... Let's chat about your competition then and the youth class. So what's the guys like? Um, I suppose they're all competing at a high level, but, you know, are you friends with any of the guys? How do you go on? What What's the scene like? Yeah, there's definitely, 
the bar is being raised like every race because everyone wants to beat each other. But at the top, everyone is friends. It's just on the racetrack, we all want to beat each other. But apart from that, we all get along. Yeah, that's cool. So do you just hang out after the races and before races and stuff? Yeah, we'd hang out before and after and we'd also do uh, some practice laps together if we caught each other. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, would you tell each other better lines and stuff like that? Or would you keep that uh, to the chest? <laughs> uh, sometimes, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I remember having Glenn O'Brien on the show and um, I had J-Mac on the show as well. And J-Mac was telling me when he was first coming into racing that he was trying to sort out his line through this corner with a drop off and um, he was looking at a line and he didn't really know Glenn at this time and Glenn said to him, no man, that's not the way you want to do that, you want to come down this way and I thought that was unbelievable because you know, they were competing against each other. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. You don't get that in a lot of sports, you really don't. Yeah. That's cool. So, was that your first time at Crankworks? Yeah, my first ever and how did you find that scene? Uh, well, racing against like all the pros, like the, all the top lads, was a, very different to like the BDSs because you had like uh, Amiori Piron, Tri Brosnan, Laurice Forger, Lucas Shaw, all those there, which you wouldn't really have at the BDSs. So mm. it was my first big race with all the pros there. And do you look at those guys and think, wow? Yeah, definitely. Just the times they were clocking in. Yeah. And what do you think the difference is between what you're doing um, and the young guys your age and them pros? What what's the main, What do you see? Was there something that just jumped out at you and you thought, well, that's why he's so much quicker there? Or what's the difference? Uh I suppose strength would be a big thing and just the speed they carry on, just the way they look at lines and it's all about entry speed and exit speed. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know now I'm very much a weekend warrior, but I know that Ganandi corners, I probably go in too hard and then break and lose all my momentum in the corner. So I'm coming out too slow, basically. Um. So them guys, you just see a lot of flow with them and just a lot of precision. Yeah, just getting everything right and then practice runs. All they do is just make every line, just test every line so they know which one's better. Yeah. And do you try and memorize? I'm sure you do, but when you're standing at the top of the course, do you run through it in your head? Do you do that? Do you kind of memorize it and then run through it in your head before you actually go down? Yeah, in like maybe the uplift or in the gondola, I'd uh, look through it in my head and just memorize the track and imagine where I'd be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I suppose it's very important. Um, it's very helpful to know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so watching them pros and the older guys there, did you learn anything from them? Do you think you'll be able to take something away from that and get faster and better because of that? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Just the way one mistake what I made this year was not doing maybe quite enough runs and not trying out different things and just staying what I had in the bike rather than testing to see maybe a different tire on the front might be faster. Well, they, you could see that they were doing that well when I wasn't. So that was the thing what we uh, saw in the last round of the BDS, which we made quite a big mistake. Okay, all right. Now, so the Crankworks is, is cool and it is amazing you came second there. That was awesome. So where did you head after that then? Uh, we went to the Irish National Champs. Yep, and how did you get on there? Uh, I came second in that one as well by a 0.3 of a second behind uh, Chris Cumming. Oh, man. And how did you feel? How did that make you feel another second? Uh, quite frustrating because I knew where I had thrown it away on such a simple part of the track coming into the finish. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it's good that you noticed that, though. You know, yeah, it's good that you know where you made the mistake, so you won't do that that mistake again. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that you know that you made the mistake, and if you hadn't made the mistake, you could have won. So I think that's very that's a very positive way to go to it, you know. Yeah, I think so. Cool. And does your dad travel with you in all these? Yeah, he would travel with me to all the races. And what other kind of team do you have around you there? Do you have any? Does your dad do mechanic and do you do mechanic and how does that all work? Uh, my dad would run through the bike uh, at all the races and he would have it like all serviced before. And the trail center mechanic would go through everything as well, like strip down all the bearings, my suspension. And then there's a lad who races elites in the World Cup and uh he, well, he, his dad does my suspension. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what do you call him? Uh, Richard Bates. Right, okay, cool. So you have a wee team built up around you there, and you, you really do need that. You need to be able to take your mind away from that and just relax and chill out and concentrate on what you're there to do, which is to race, really. Yeah. Um. So after the Irish champs, where, where did you head then? Uh, we went to Bala for... The fourth round of the BDS, I think, or the yeah, the fourth round of the BDS. Mm-hmm. And what kind of trails that? It's sort of shaly and slippy on the top half, and then you come out into the open where it's rooty and just sort of a clay sort of ground the whole way down to the finish from there. Yeah, so that would be quite hard to set the bike up for something like that. Yeah, because. It, it was all dry in practice, and then on race day, it poured down. So everything we had tested didn't exactly work because it was so slippy. Oh, wow. Yeah, very difficult indeed. And is there any conditions you prefer? The wet. Well, being from Ireland, that would be probably quite natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... When you get to a course that you haven't raced, had you raced that one before? No, I'd never raced that one. Okay, so do you prefer that? Do you like to race new courses? What? what how do you go about it? What's your kind of routine? 
well, I well, if it was a new course, I'd try and do a few more practice runs so I know where every rock is, where to unweight the bike, where to touch the brakes, where not to, so I can have everything perfect by race day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I suppose when you're doing, you're walking the trails and stuff, your dad's with you and you're chatting things through and lines to take and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and do you think you've learned a lot over the past year? Uh, yeah, definitely I've learned a lot. Just from even riding a bike, from cornering, everything I've improved on, I think. Yeah, that's that's very cool. What about coaching and stuff then, Oshin? Have you got a coach, um, bar your, your trainer? Do you have anybody coaching you and, and teaching you technique and stuff like that? Uh, no, not really. But I do have a cycling coach for like just to calculate how many watts I'm putting out just to, so I get to see how much power I have and the increase of power I'm doing I'm getting from all my training mm-hmm. yeah and that plays a big part in it I suppose yeah yeah very cool so let's go back to the the racing then so tell us a wee bit more about where you visited and how you got on uh, well, in that round, the round four, the BDS, I came second again. Oh, dude. By 0.1 of a second. <laughs> well, you're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I went to the last round of the BDS in Bringewood, which was an absolute wipeout. It was one of the muckiest races I've been at. Mm-hmm. And how did you get on? Uh, I got fifth in my seeding run, and then as the ground started to dry out, it started getting more tackier and tackier, and I never put on uh, my wet tires, and I left on dries, and I was just sliding everywhere, and I didn't exactly do too great in my race run then. Mm. And whose decision was that? Was it yours, or was it your dad's, the team's? It was mine. Right, okay. And and why did you go with that decision? Take us through that. Uh, well, they were working, like I prefer, in Bring- in Bala as well, which was a really wet race. I raced on dry tyres just so I can slide around and just get sketchy everywhere because that's the type of riding I prefer. So I thought if I left them on, I they'd be they'd react the same way as what they were on uh, my seeding run and that morning but as the ground was getting tackier the wider dry tires were getting were just pushing the muck rather than cutting through it mm-hmm. wow so it, it made for tricky conditions yeah definitely well that's a good learning experience isn't it yeah and what was your dad and the team thinking at that stage were they trying to talk you out of that decision or yeah, because everyone else was putting on wet tyres, and I was one of the only ones left on dry tyres. And uh, they were definitely trying to convince me to put on wet tyres, but I never did. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't get it right all the time. 
that's a learning that's a learning experience you know yeah so how did you end up over the entire season then uh in the bds overall i think i might have came sixth or seventh overall i'm not sure mm-hmm. yeah and in 2017 did you win around did you win the irish nationals uh, I won the Irish Nationals and I won all the Irish National races and I also won a BDS and came third overall in the BDS. That was in 2017? Yeah. Okay, so against that and 2018, how do you think you fared then? Uh, I think I might have done better in 2018 even though I didn't win any races abroad but I but when you look at the results, I was the only one, only first year youth challenging the second year youths in all the BDSs. Yeah, so you've seen a real step up there. And that's effectively getting you closer to your goals. Yeah. Very good. So um, I'm sure it must be quite relieving to see yourself improving. Um, from one year to the next because of all the hard work you put in and everything else. Yeah, just that extra year, all the second year youths would have had on strength and I was so close to them. But then the year before, they were so far away. So I really closed the gap. Mm-hmm. Cool. And would them guys be much older than you or just like a year older? or A year older, but I think the person who beat me in Crankworks might have been two years older than me. Yeah, I suppose it just depends on where your birthday falls and all that kind of thing, does it? Yeah, because I just turned uh, 15 about a month before I went out to Crankworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. so you were still young in that in that group. Um, okay, cool. So where was your favourite place um, that you raced? Either the Crankworks track in Leger or Bringewood, probably the Crankworks track. And is the Crankworks track, is that quite steep? Uh, no, not really. Well, it's steep enough in parts, but it's really fast. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you, you like the fast stuff and the big drops and things like that? Yeah, I do like a bit of technical stuff every now and then. Yeah, and you still get that in the downhill stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, it's funny, you know, watching the enduro stuff and watching the, the downhill stuff, they do seem to be getting a wee bit closer. The enduro seems to be getting a wee bit bigger in places. and um, So you would never consider doing any enduros? Maybe when I'm too old for downhill. <laughs> Brilliant. That's class. That's what a lot of, lot of the guys do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Uh, now let's uh, let's t- chat a wee bit about your local club there because you mentioned it a wee bit earlier. Um, it's the Limerick Mountain Biking Club, is that correct? Well, there's that one, and then there's like the real local one, which is called Team Ballyhara. Okay. So tell us a wee bit. So you're are you a member of both or? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> cool. <laughs> tell us about your local one then, the Ballyhara one. Uh, well the. It's quite small, but it's all just the local members who go out every weekend and help build the tracks and get everything running, drain it off and 
it's just a nice group of people who go out cycling yeah cool and it's do they go to meetings or do they go to race meets or anything like that or uh no right okay so it's just more a social thing there for the balihara network yeah that's cool and how active are you in that ocean uh well i go out with a most saturdays and sundays that's very cool and do you get a lot of support from them guys are they interested in what you're doing or are they are they really happy with what you've achieved and and kind of what you're doing for that whole ballyhura area yeah they definitely every time i'm out with a spin uh they'd be asking me how was like the gym session where what venues will i be racing next year what bikes am i on what stuff will i be using yeah cool they're wanting to get some tips off yeah yeah <laughs> um okay let's talk about your your sponsorship um i know i touched on it a wee bit with your dad when he was on the podcast um but tell us a wee bit about your sponsors uh what bikes you're riding things like that uh well i'm on trek bikes and i have fox suspension uh i'm running uh shimano parts dt swiss wheels crank brothers pedals uh, Trilly Designs, uh, which is also part of Saddleback UK. I have Lee at Neck Braces, Oakley Goggles, and then my nutrition part is uh, covered with uh, Najor Clinics and FX Supplements, which, which supply body health uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, very good. So that really helps you out a lot, huh? Yeah, definitely. Cool. And do them guys play much part in your results and things like that? Uh, definitely the nutritionist side, since just the protein shakes, everything, just sorting out the food so I don't have insulin spikes and my diet is kept level the whole time. Yeah, very cool. Um, it's cool that you're into that, definitely. And do you think that the companies like Trek and the guys and DT Swiss – do they take an interest on in how you're getting on and how your season goes and things? Yeah, because we were over in Trek during the summer to our factory over in the UK, uh, just at a meeting there, and there were a lot of them were asking where will I be racing next year and my results so far. Mm-hmm. So they they obviously want to see you doing well and. Um, want to see results from you you know obviously you're using their gear um did they push much of that onto you or is it all very quite casual it's all quite casual ride when i want and ride for fun really yeah no that's cool and i love that you say that that you you, you ride for fun because i think that's maybe something that you know we've chatted about quite a lot here but it's something that can be taken out of it very much so and it it's so important to ride for fun, wouldn't? Would you not say that yourself? Yeah, if it wasn't if I wasn't riding my bike, like if it wasn't fun, I probably wouldn't be riding it at the moment. Yeah, it's it's so true, and it's so glad that you're enjoying it and you're having fun. That that's for sure. Um, so the sponsorship and stuff like that was that done? Was your dad a big part in that, and did he reach out to to the different companies and stuff? Yeah, he was the one who organised most of them. Mm-hmm. And you just rent the Trek bikes and stuff at the trail park, don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. And um, how do you find those? What what track are you on? I'm on a track. Well, my downhill race bike is a Trek session. And then mm-hmm. I'm on a Remedy 9.7, uh, which has been like upgraded with all Fox parts and Shimano XTR. And then I'm, I also have a Trek ticket, which is a dirt jumper. Ah, cool. Okay. Do you do much of that kind of thing? Uh, uh, recently I've been starting to get back into it, but before during the summer while I was racing, I didn't really have much time to do it. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be hard to do everything, I suppose. Yeah. Do you do, uh, on your dirt jumper, do you, do you take it to skate parks and stuff like that or? Yeah. There's a local indoor skate park, which is quite fun. Yeah. Wow. That, that would be so good over the winter, you know, when it's dirty and nasty and yeah that would really help your skill do you not think your skill levels yeah because you see like kate edwards and chaos Seagrave in the skate parks quite a lot yeah i think so and i had a guy on um he doesn't really race or anything like that but he's so cool he's got such a great uh instagram feed and um he's just such a nice fella he's sponsored and stuff and he does a lot of stuff in the skate parks over the winter now and he thinks that it just helps his skill level so so much. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and it's good that you have that you have that facility there. Is it a big skate park? Tell us a wee bit about it. Uh it's big enough. It has like your half pipe, your quarter pipes, just a few drop offs, a few stairs. There's box jumps and stuff. Yeah, very cool. And do skaters use it and scooters and all that? Yeah, be it, yeah. Um, do you see many scooters seems to be getting big again dude yeah there's a lot of scooters in there most days <laughs> is there any rollerbladers in there uh no but there's a local roller sort of blade place nearby which is a big open floor right okay yeah cool uh, because uh, any skate park i've ever visited i've always seen um some nasty wipeouts between bmx's and rollerbladers <laughs> yeah there has been a few incidents between the dirt jumpers and the scooters inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. You know, I know some parks and stuff. You have you have certain sessions. You know, you know, like for for instance, BMXers are only allowed in for say one to two, and then scooters are two to three, and you know that kind of. Yeah. But um, they seem to be more lax than that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I think something might be have to brought in in this skate park. Yeah, pretty dangerous. Uh. Yeah, it's just a free for all. <laughs> and do you is is that privately owned or is it owned by the council or what way does it work? Do you know? Uh, it's a bike. It's like a bike shop with the skate park added on. So it's oh, private. That's cool. Yeah. And do you have to wear a helmet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, all- sir. Well, listen. Um, what's on your bucket list? What would you really like to do to do in this mountain biking industry, or where would you like to visit? Or uh, I'd like to win a few World Cups and World Champs. And have you got a time set for that, or are you just going to roll with it? Uh, I think I might just roll with it and see when I get into elites. Hmm. And what age do you have to be for elites? Uh, Nineteen or twenty, depends oh, on your. Wow, okay. Uh, so that, I thought it was 18. Oh, all right. 
That's cool. So you have a good bit of practice and to go. You have a good bit of um, training and and you know um, everything else that goes with with that game to to get. You have a good bit of time to go before you reach elite. So you know you'll uh, you'll certainly be ready. I would say. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. So where's the fa- where's your favourite place you've ridden? Uh probably Morzine. Arpila. Right, okay. Yeah, Morzine seems to be gets really good reviews. Yeah, it's good out there. Yeah, cool man. And what's the scene like out there compared to back home? Uh well you obviously have like your people out there for the first time just riding for fun and then you after Crankworks you see a lot of the pros stay out. And you'd see them out riding there and just the trails are all perfectly built, big jumps. It's just perfect. Aye, it's very good. And would you ever consider going out and living there for a season or anything? Is that something you might do when you get a bit older? Uh, I'd have to see because I'd probably be racing in between that Mm -hmm. season. Yeah, yeah, it's cool because you you hear a lot of the pros going and staying in certain you know trail networks that they really like just to you know to be riding every day and but obviously that's at a higher level kind of thing. Is that something you would be interested in doing or, or keen to do? Yeah, this year I'm going to be racing a lot of tracks around Europe and there's one period of time after Crankworks and Leger and I'm going to be in Morzine for two weeks. Now, just be riding for fun. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. And I think it's like anything, you know, if you hang out with guys as good as you or better than you, I think you you naturally get better as well, you know? Yeah. So if you're in that scene where a load of the guys are ripping all the time, you can't help but get better. I think that'll be really good for you. Yeah, this year just hanging around with all the like second year youths the older lads i've definitely uh become a lot faster yeah yeah no i i think that'll help you improve so much um and you'll have so much fun doing it you know yeah cool well listen there's young kids coming up below you as well the young ripper snappers and stuff do you think or do you ever feel how they look up to you is that something that you're aware of uh people have said it but i don't really take any notice because i just think that i'm the same as the rest of them yeah yeah because you know when you looked up to the when you were younger and you looked up to guys and you you probably still look up to guys now on on the uh, the pro circuits and stuff it's weird to think that there's young fellas that look upon you the same way so yeah. what kind of advice would you give them? You know, for young guys listening to this and seeing you out in the trails and seeing your videos and stuff like that, what would you say to them? You know, what advice would you give them to get to the stage where you're at now? Uh, ride for fun. Sounds good. And train in your garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does your dad help you out with your scheduling and stuff? Does he do all that for you? Uh, yeah, he'd 
like tell me what what time I have to go out to the gym so I have enough time in the evening and maybe suggest a time for the weekend to go out on the bike ride so I have enough time when I come back to do whatever I want. Yeah, so it's cool. So yeah, he he's kind of your mentor and your coach and, and all that kind of rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Just a quick one before I let you go, Oshin, about uh, the Ballyhurra Trail Network there. How important do you think is it to have trail networks like that in Ireland? Do you think you would have got to where you are now if you hadn't had that trail network there? Uh, I don't think so, because ever since I was younger and since I started riding up there, every weekend you'd just be trying to go up, hit this corner faster maybe, one of the older lads did this jump what you can't do and then for the next few weekends you go up trying to do it and then you just keep on progressing yeah i think it's very important and i think your dad and myself are very pro trail centers and stuff and, and getting these things done um, because even now i think in ireland and you'll probably agree that we've got a great and up north as well we've got a great uh, great trail centers yeah, there is a lot of good trail centres around Ireland, even up in Dublin as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So before you go there, Oshin, um, the future then, next season. So what what's your kind of goals for next season alone? What are you hoping to achieve then? Uh, get the BDS, the British Downhill Series overall, uh, win the Irish Nationals, and possibly win either a Crankworks or an IXS Cup or both. Cool, man. So, listen, I I hope you have a great season next year. I know you're putting the work in. I know you're mentally focused and you're ready to go. So, listen, all the best. I hope everything goes well for you. Yeah, thank you. And, listen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast because I know there is a, a good number of young guys that listen to this with their dad before they go out in the trails and stuff. And... Um, I, you are an inspiration for young guys coming up um so well done man and even if you maybe don't feel it but there is young guys look up to you so thanks so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing your story no problem that's great sir thank you so much here have a good evening and i'll speak to you again see ya that's a wrap for episode number 65 folks i hope you enjoyed that and Oshin, thanks so much for coming on the show bud I really do appreciate having you on and I wish you all the best for your upcoming season and I think you will do really well. So just keep the pedal to the metal and um, I think things will go well for you. So good luck and all the best for that. Now guys, if you want to know more about Oshin, just simply visit the website mtb-tribe.com. You can search for Oshin's episode there simply by putting in 065 or Oshin's name. That will be good enough to get you to Oshin's episode and you can find out more about Oshin there you can follow the links there's a few videos and stuff on there and you will see just how good Oshin really is for a 15 year old kid it's unbelievable Um, so that's great folks thanks for tuning in if you want to help the show you can simply go to the website you can subscribe there get an email a week just letting you know a small synopsis of the guest that's coming on the show on the Thursday and um you can get a wee bit more insight there. You can also visit the website and get in contact there via email. I do read all the emails. 
and I will get back to you. So you can just let me know of a guest or a topic or something like that you want on the show. I will have a read through, no bother, and try my best to do that for you. So thanks again, folks. If you want to follow the show a wee bit more, see what's going on on socials, you can do so. Instagram, we are at MTB Tribe, and Facebook, we are at MTB Tribe. So thanks so much. And for all those guys leaving those reviews on iTunes and stuff, that is awesome. You can listen to the show, obviously, via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, or simply just go to the website and stream it from there. So thanks again, folks. I will speak to you next week for another episode of the MTB Tribe podcast. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great week, and I hope you have a better weekend on the trails. Enjoy. Speak to you next week.